Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. And welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. Myself, John Norman, Jared Kimber, very, very shortly reunited again as uh, we uh, cast our eyes back to an incredible first day's play here at Edgbaston. We're going to be with you every step of the way throughout this Ashes series. Uh, following play, uh, we won't be going step by step through the scorecard. We won't be dissecting, uh, really, uh, batting techniques. We won't be talking about uh, maidens and dot balls and fours and sixes. Uh, we're going to be cutting down the day into sections and uh, essentially feeding you bite-sized portions uh, throughout this series. And what a start we've had today. Mouth-ordering stuff from beginning to end. Uh, so let's get started. You're listening to Following On. So it's myself, John Norman and Jarrah Kimber reunited once again. We are sat or rather stood atop uh, one of the highest stands and maybe the highest point in all of Birmingham here at Edgbaston, looking out uh, at a scene that involves dead wasps uh, stuck in the table, attracted no doubt by the, uh, the sweet cider here at the bar we're just walk, uh, standing outside of, uh, watching the ground staff go through their work. The crowd over there just filing away, probably in disbelief, and another game of cricket that has just confounded all expectation. Um, let's start at the top with player of the day. It's probably Steve Smith, isn't it? I mean, I'm not sure. Peter Cyril. What? Stuart Broad, Stuart Broad, Pfeiffer, another Ashes bowling masterclass. Oh, yeah, right, Steve Smith. Uh, well, I'm still on Peter Siddle's batting. But, yeah, no, Steve Smith, incredible. Uh, it's funny, I had uh, Jeff Lemon next to me, the, the cricket writer Jeff Lemon. He's going, oh, how does he do it? And I, was, and I was thinking, well, he does it because he always does it. That's all he knows how to do. It's all he's ever done. And the booing and the ban and all that sort of stuff, it, it, none of that sort of takes away from the fact he just gets in this sort of zone and just bats, and that's what he did today. And 
you know, and then he, then he got fun at the end. I like fun Steve Smith, where because early on he does fun leaves, where he sort of does samurai leaves, and then later on when he's trying to slog, he does samurai slogging. I really enjoy watching that. But it, look, it's an incredible innings, and I also think a lot of people in England say he only makes runs when the pitches are flat. I don't think as many people are probably going to say that after today. His first three centuries came against what team? What in cricket? Was it England? Test Test century. Are they all England? And his last four Test centuries have come against. Are they England again? Yes, they are. I am getting sick and tired <laughs> of watching Steve Smith bat. Story of the day. Well, Australia basically doubled their score after eight wickets down, was it? I mean, Peter Siddle, I've seen him do this so many times. He doesn't really, he just sort of crabs around the crease a little bit. He's got a little bit front of front elbow. But it's huge for England to get Australia, you know, eight down for so few runs. It looked like they went to roll them for, what, 100, 125? Um and then they've ended up putting on a decent first innings, considering the conditions and the fact that um, they have a good bowling lineup. I, I think Australia will be really happy with that total. So I think that's the to- the story of the day is Australia's fight back, but also England just giving it away again. That's not for the first time. They looked like they didn't have a bowler who could go through the tail. What was Joffre Archer doing today? Because I saw him in the warm-ups. My story of the day is Jimmy Anderson. Is that the last time we're going to see him in this Test match? Could it be? Even more serious than that. Um, and for Peter Siddle, read Andy Bickle in 2003, by the way. <laughs> ball of the day. I just saw James Pattinson bowl an incredible ball in the warm-up. I tell you, it, it swung in, hit the pitch and seemed away. He didn't even bowl anything quite as good when he had the new ball in his hand. He's an incredible beast. Uh, I suppose it'd be one of Broad's balls. Broad's bowled some incredible balls yeah. today, didn't he? I thought so he'd taken two wickets, Chris Works had taken three. I was on TalkSport and I was saying how beautifully Broad had, had bowled. He, by the way, thought he was going to get dropped for this test match. Uh, there was a delivery to Pattinson, maybe Cummins, which angled in and then just straightened. It was one of many deliveries which went past the outside edge of the bat. Didn't take the, uh, the nick. The umpires wouldn't have seen it even if it had, but that would be my ball of the day. Ooh. Do you know what my shot of the day is, Jared? It was one of the many with nine fielders on the boundary. I haven't seen a situation like this since 2006, Seven Ashes, when KP was at the crease and Australia had already won the Ashes. There was no way that anything other than a heavy Australia win was going to occur. And still, Ricky Ponting put nine uh, fielders on the boundary when KP was at bat. To do that on the first day of a test match, to essentially tell the batsman, Steve Smith, we have no idea how to get you out, I would say um, was uh, a slightly a surprising way to go about things. Yeah. So one of the shots when he <laughs> hit a four, despite having nine fielders on the boundary, is my shot of the day. Yeah, was, it, was that the pull shot that he sort of flicked over his shoulder? That was an incredible one. But the one I remember is the, the one where he just sort of dry, dry humped uh, broad uh, for six over mid-wicket. Because, as you said, everyone was out on the boundary. And he's not a muscular player. And it just looks so easy. Uh, it, you know, he, he had a lot of shots of the day. Although Nathan Lyon did play a very good straight drive later on. <laughs> he absolutely did, didn't he? In fact, yes, that is our shot of the day. Rant of the day. Maybe my run of the day I've just done, maybe I went a little bit early with that nine fielders on the boundary. That, for me, was a, an incredible moment in this match. It wasn't just a one-off. It was about half an hour. Um, uh, for me, I just thought that was a little bit ridiculous. I know that the bowlers are tiring. Of course, with a new ball was due. You can't expect Broad and Wokes to take all ten wickets, although they took eight of them. Um, but for me, I, I just thought that was a little bit of tired captaincy. This is going to be weird because it's our first rant of the day and I'm going to go anti-rant of the day. But a 
lot of people are going to slag off the umpires and they're going to say, look how many mistakes they made. And don't get me wrong, umpires made a lot of mistakes. But I watch a lot of T20 cricket around the world and a lot of first-class cricket. Let me tell you, the umpiring level of, as you go down cricket is, is way worse than you get at anything at international level. I still think there's ways we can improve umpiring. The umpire's call is a bit of a silly one. And I certainly think that... Um, umpires should be promoted and dropped a lot more the way that cricketers are because I think that would you know keep them a little bit sharper but realistically you know uh, we have bad days like this we have a lot of days where umpires in international cricket actually make the right decisions more often than not. I agree actually you know the reason we have DRS in the game is because umpires make mistakes if we accept that as human beings that we are you know we're not infallible it is very difficult out of there then surely we should accept that DRS is going to be used. It doesn't make any sense otherwise. Saying that, there were quite a few errors. It, it was terrible. It was terrible. I'm not saying the umpiring was in any way good. I'm just saying, watch a T20 game. Come back to me when you've seen a bloke miss the ball by seven inches and nothing happens. He just has to walk off the field. Absolutely. I mean, anyone who watched the CPL last year will be testament to that fact. Or anybody who has followed <laughs> Fulham in the Europa League. For England, step up Stuart Broad. And for Australia, it's Stephen Smith. They bowled really well, particularly the first um, two sessions. Um, you know, they were always at us, and we had to have a good defence, and um, that was, I guess, the key to, to getting through. For me, being really patient back in my defence, and you know, not being um, worried if I got beaten or, or whatever. A few inside edges down the fine leg, and well, that's great. I love that. So um, I was able to, yeah, I guess, withstand that pressure, and things got a little bit easier. The ball's nice and hard. I think yep. it's it's going to be key to try and hit the top of the stump length and challenge their defence. Um, there's enough there if we're challenging the defence the whole time where we're always in the game. It was, uh, to be honest, I feel quite exhausted. Yeah, I mean, I think that comes with the emotion of the first day of an Ashes series. Uh, you sort of bowl every ball last night um, that obviously gathers a bit of nerves. I walked off the field with Rory Burns actually after the toss and he was walking off at pace smiling. Um, and I said, oh, you, you look like relaxed. He goes, well, I faced a thousand first balls yesterday and I don't need to, to face the first ball of the day today. But yeah, you forget how emotionally draining these series can be. Um, and obviously we went down to a three-man seam attack, which uh, up the overs. But we, we're, we're delighted with that day. Obviously Smith has played a wonderful knock to get 130-plus. Um, but any time you bowl a team for under 300 on day one of a test match, you're pretty happy. How good an innings was that from Smith? I mean, he's played numerous knocks like that, hasn't he? He's uh, he's fantastic at batting. Well, you could stop your sentence there, but also with the, he he um, he bats with the tail really well. Uh, he he seems to not take too many risks, but finds the boundaries. So yeah, I mean, he's an incredibly talented guy. We've always known that. Um, and he played beautifully today. But it should also give us encouragement the way he played because. Um, it's probably a bowler's thing to say this, but it looks like there's runs out there if someone gets in. Um, so we should take encouragement from what, the way he played, because he played it. He played late. He played with soft hands um, and uh, scored in his areas. It could have been a lot better today, um, but in Ashes series, you always expect counter punches and fight backs, and Australia threw that at us after tea, um, and. I'd expect that throughout the whole series. And that's what makes Ashes cricket so special. We spoke about the umpiring decisions uh, today, but when you consider that David Warner uh, should have reviewed his leg before decision, uh, Pattinson should have reviewed his leg before decision, um, and there were a couple of other moments uh, along the way, uh, would you say they were the unluckiest of the day? Or 
Jarrah Kimber was Tim Payne, unluckiest of the day. Because, of course, after 2005, Ricky Ponting and all that, no Australian captain will ever invite the opposition to bat first here at Edgbaston again. But was it a ball first pitch rather than a bat? No, I think it was a bat first pitch. I think he made the right decision. I just don't think his team's very good at batting. And I think that maybe that's where he's unlucky. That he's, you know, himself included, sadly, not very good at batting. So, no, I think, I mean, looking at the pitch, it was slow. Um, it didn't bounce that much. Uh, it wasn't a lot of sideways movement off the seam. I, I know it swung around a little bit, and you're going to expect that. But realistically, you expect test-quality batsmen to be able to handle a pitch like this. And so, therefore... Um, you'd have to say that he was not unlucky with the toss. He was more unlucky with his entire team. But I suppose if uh, that team was of the generation that we saw 20 years ago, he wouldn't be in the side, wouldn't he? Would he? he wouldn't be captaining it. Um, saying that, Steve Smith resembled a captain today. Yeah, I think Steve Smith actually referred a, um, a DRS to the umpire when it was Siddle that was batting. I'm not even sure you could do it at the non-strikers end, um, and you certainly can't do it if you're not captain. So it was quite a bizarre moment. But yes, Smith did look like that. Look, I mean, T Tim Payne is very lucky to be in this side. I mean, that shot today. Look, he, he, he's made, what, one first-class hundred in a million years? He, is, he was, when he was young, a phenomenal talent. Unfortunately, because of injury and because of uh, loss of confidence, he never got to do that. But his shot today was terrible. He was trying to pull a ball for one with two men out on a slow pitch. At the very least, you would expect to get the one. He didn't even get the one. And, you know, Abroad was laughing, wasn't he, at that? It, it, was, um, it was poor from, from pain. If I was an Australia supporter, my life out loud moment of the day would have been one of the many fours scored by Steve Smith. The fact that the Australians added 164 uh, for the last two wickets. I mean, there are so many laugh out loud moments. Uh, but I suppose from an English perspective, you've just mentioned it. Tim Payne's dismissal has set the tone for the entire series. This is a guy who is already under pressure for his... Uh, his poor batting record in tests, the fact that he's been over-promoted, many feel, he criticised, um, or was rather careless, I wouldn't say criticised, he was careless in the pre-match uh, press conference about the intimidation factor of this crowd, and of course that was seized upon by uh, the local uh, hacks or journalists. So um, the, the dismissal of Tim Payne, I suppose from an English perspective, was the laugh-out-loud moment of the day. You'd probably disagree. I think Warner, with everything that's happened, I mean, he's nicked one behind. Was it first ball, wasn't it? You know, he's had the LBW overturned and, you know, people are booing him and everyone, I mean, I think with Smith, some people want Smith to succeed. People have generally forgotten Cameron Bancroft's name, I think, most of the time. But with Warner, I think everyone kind of wants him to fail and he gets the LBW and he has to review it and, of course, he doesn't. I think that's pretty funny. Also, on a smaller note, uh, David Warner's now fielding at slip and next to him was Steve Smith, and next to him was Cameron Bancroft. Like, they were all in a position where they wouldn't hold the ball for too long. Um, I found that quite funny. I'm not sure how loud I laughed. I mean, you just chuckled to yourself a little bit there, so I feel like that was a laugh-out-loud moment. Um, and, you know, I, I think um, Smith getting booed uh, at one stage because he knocked back the single to Nathan Lyon. I quite like that as well. Finding new ways to get booed. Good on you. He's such an improviser. Mistake of the day. 
If I'm going to be hypercritical, the mistake of the day was picking Jimmy Anderson over Jofra Archer. You know, he bowled four overs and then walked off with a, a problem, a, a calf problem that we know that he's been carrying for the last three or four weeks. This is a guy that, of course, knows his own body. He's experienced enough to make a call on whether he's fit enough. Fit enough. Uh, Joe Root saying he could have got through the Ireland test, um, but then Ireland were bowled out for 35 in second inning. So that's maybe what he meant. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because Joffre was also under a cloud. So if Joffre comes and plays, and he's the future, um, and and you know, and he he gets injured, especially if it's a side strain or, or I'm not even sure what his actual injury is at the moment, um, Joffre. But that could be massive as well. So yeah, look, I think I think that was. I'm not sure they made a mistake. They went on their medical advice, and it didn't quite come. It might have been a mistake if they played Joffre and Jimmy because uh, they both could have ended up uh, pulling up short. So I think maybe that might have been the bigger one. But, I mean, surely today of all days, the mistake of the day was the consistent mistakes of the day from the umpires. Uh, you know, we're on their side. But, you know, if a batsman, you know, edges 93 times before he goes out, uh, you, you're going to mention it. And you're going to mention that the umpires were uh, suboptimal. I think my favourite mistake of the day might have been when they uh, referred the uh, bump ball that was caught at backward point, which no one else on the ground thought was uh, a chance. And they still had a look at it. My moment of the day, and I say this through gritted teeth, was the moment that Steve Smith went to a century. Uh, we've seen some scenes at cricket grounds in the last month here in England. Uh, we've also seen some stories. Um, a great piece by Jonathan Liu in the, uh, in the Independent about Ben Stokes in the last 24 hours. And Ben Stokes leading England to victory and the World Cup final. That capped um, a, a wonderful uh, come back and again today you know we've seen Steve Smith in tears at a press conference he might be in tears now at a press conference who knows but the fact that he's come back he's picked up pretty much where he's left off you can see the fire that burns in him this is a test match uh, batsman of the highest caliber he will stand up there with any that have played the game pretty much aside from Bradman and the way that he went about things today when all else was falling apart I would say that uh, that uh, without doubt is the moment of the day possibly could be the defining moment of this uh, test match maybe even the series yeah and we, we I think we over egg things based on what happens on the first day but uh, you know he's coming back from this ban I know he's played in Canada in the CPL and he's played in the World Cup but it, you know first test match back um, there's the emotional part of that there's also the, the fact is that he came onto the ground as Bancroft was going off. So basically, from the moment Bancroft was out, there was booing. He, he, he came into the sea of boos. He then had no batsmen stay with him at all and had to bat with Peter Siddle, Nathan Lyon, two very limited tail-enders. And he did all that. He scored over 50% of Australia's runs and then also had some fun party time at the end. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you can think he's a cheat, but you can still think what an incredible innings that was. And it, and it was, and it's going to go down as one of those innings. And it was, you know, it was, it was a real honour to sit here and, and watch him. Well, I think today's moment of the day may uh, reprise throughout this uh, series, unfortunately, because he does have that wonderful record against England. But that pretty much brings us to the end of today's following on. We will be back uh, following day two. Can England bat through the day and put the pressure back on Australia? At one stage, it looked like they needed to score about 250, 275 uh, to put themselves in prime position to go on to win this test match. Now, any score this side of 350 and it's advantage Australia. Australia. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe. Uh, download us on Acast or iTunes. Myself and Jared will be back at the end of day two.
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 